We would like to say a special thank you to an anonymous donor for sponsoring this week's episode in thankfulness for the faithful ministry of those preaching the good news on the Scripture First podcast. And it's just, it's an interesting analogy for, I mean, because if you think about a harvest from a farmer or a gardener Mm -hmm. perspective, what do you harvest? Things that are complete, that are ready, that are ripe. We don't harvest our radishes before they're ready. Right. Yeah. Radishes. Boo. Okay. You hate radishes. Yes. Like (laughs) carrots. (laughs) But but he's saying the harvest is plentiful. And what is he saying the harvest is? All of these people that are harassed. And helpless. Yes. All so he's saying those people mm-hmm. are ripe, they're ready, they're ready for him, Yep. or the laborers are few. Yep. And so he says, you know, we've got, we've got an audience here. Now let's, let's do something with it. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. When Jesus saw the crowds in this week's lectionary text, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Then Jesus gives his disciples the authority and power to reverse the crowd's harassment and helplessness. How? By proclaiming the good news. Dr. Chris Krogan joins Kiri and me to discuss what it means for Jesus to have authority, how he gives that authority to his disciples in this text, and how we can use that same authority today to reverse dropping church attendance, preach to those in church settings, and most importantly, give freedom to everybody. Let's get to it. Here's Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through chapter 10, verse 8. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. And now on to this week's conversation.
Welcome back to Scripture First. It is Kiri and I talking to Dr. Chris Krogan. Thanks for being here, Dr. Krogan. It's great to be back. So we're continuing on in Matthew. Jesus mm-hmm. is making his way throughout all the cities and villages. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start to dive into s- some of the deeper stuff he's talking about and who he's talking to. He's Right now, he's teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news, curing the diseases, the sicknesses. Right. Can you just dive into that a little bit and yeah. how he's doing that? What I like about, yeah, this is verse 35 that you just summarized. Teaching the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing the diseases and every sickness. The reason I want to just lift that up for a second is this is where we also can easily go with the distinction between the law Mm -hmm. and the gospel. And so it's very clear here. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, good news is the gospel. Mm -hmm. Well, the fact that that's set off as distinct from teaching in the synagogues, Mm -hmm. because teaching in the synagogues would be sitting there and talking about the law. He's not actually forgiving sins in the gospel or telling God's kingdom is at hand. He's just saying this is what God has said in the law. So that's one thing. But also curing every disease and every sickness, not the gospel still. If that were the gospel, they wouldn't add. It's not proclaiming the good news by curing. Right, right, right. That would be different than as opposed to and, which is a pretty distinct thing. So that's why I'd like to just raise that up at the beginning is it's not that Jesus is incapable of curing the disease and sickness or that he's not a teacher. They call him rabbi on occasion. But both of those are not the gospel, and that's a really good thing for us to kind of keep in mind on this. The gospel, sand in a, it's a gospel sandwich between the law. You know? Exactly. It's teaching and curing. It's just right. you, your loaves of bread there. Um, but it is interesting that J- Jesus does teach yeah. in synagogues and, yeah. and cure every disease and every sickness. I mean, right. he is upholding the law. He's upholding the law, but he's also grabbing God's authority. That is to say, because when he teaches in the synagogues, they all say, we haven't actually heard anybody be able to explicate this like this guy does. So he actually starts to say it as if he has an authority that they don't have, which is true. I mean, right. same with curing diseases and sickness. You know, who's the, who's the new maker of new life, right? This is why we've talked about with Lazarus raising the dead and all this kind of stuff. So these are, what for, at the time, signs that he has the authority slash the power slash the word to do its work. That's, that's a nice way to expound on just, those are just law things, right? you know, and brush over it. But those yep. are really demonstrating that he has the power. He is God. Well, it's yeah. funny because... We use all these big words to describe him. You just yeah. did. Yeah. And he has that power, that authority. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's doing it. He's using that to do the smallest of things and the things that the Pharisees see to be the most unworthy mm-hmm. and lowest things. Mm-hmm. Curing people, eating with people, mm-hmm. um, proclaiming the good news. Like all of that stuff is things that just someone with power mm-hmm. wouldn't do, yeah. shouldn't do. Yeah. But when he starts doing this, now look what happens in the next in the next yeah. verse. The, this is why, now we say, it says next, when he saw the crowds, mm-hmm. right? So the crowds are coming, you know, and the part of the reason yeah. they're coming is because he's doing some of these things in the law. He's curing and healing. He's also teaching them of how to, and, you know, this is helpful. Some people are actually there because of the gospel. So this is an Well, and it's piece. interesting. He had compassion on them. Right. Have we ever seen that 
in a gospel reading where he sees a crowd and has compassion? Yeah, so this is a, this is an important word for us to unpack because in compassion, a lot of people think, you know, oh, he's got a soft heart and everything. Mm-hmm. But actually, this word is a little bit deeper in the Greek. It's not just that he's, you know, has, you know, a big heart, Jesus. It's really that his insides are really aching. You know, it's a stomach churn for him. He's like, this is not good. And mm. now let's get at what is not good. Yeah. Because they were harassed. And here's another very important Greek word. It's eskilomenoi, which harassed is kind of captures it, but it, it's more of a conscience thing. And it's more of that their minds are troubled. That's what this Greek word means, which is a harassed, but you can be harassed by somebody is, mm-hmm. you know, harassing you and not leaving you alone. But this is they have a deeply disturbed mind. They're not at peace with what's going on. So Jesus recognized that they're not at peace, that they're being torn apart inside their conscience. And that's what he's, what's causing them to have a gut churn is, oh my gosh, these people are in trouble in their psyche even. Isn't that a lot of people in that time? What's well, everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, why else would they be flocking to him if he's teaching in the synagogues and curing every disease and proclaiming the good news? Right. I mean... There's a need there that's being met. So, if, if they already had their needs met where they were, right. they wouldn't be flocking to him. Right. And yet, so that's, I mean, that is a, a clear explanation that, mm-hmm. oh, the crowds are flocking to him because they're harassed and helpless. Yes, and he's yeah. actually answering those things. Exactly. And the helpless is even another word. Again, helpless, yeah, kind of captures it, but not quite. The word here is eromenoi, which actually means more like they are left out on their own. They're dispersed, which is why you have the word shepherd later. So it's, you know, they're, they're kind of like without direction. They, they're just kind of out there. They don't know how to get out of this situation or even where they're at. And so they're just so disoriented in their lives. And it's not that they're going to get oriented, as we'll see, with the law, but actually they're going to get oriented with freedom as we're going to walk through here. Well, and he follows it really well. Exactly. You gave the perfect definition of a sheep. Yeah, they're the sheep. Without the shepherd. Right. And so he recognizes that they now need the plight of their plight of them is they need somebody to care and compassion for them to bring them into um, some safety and some shelter and some nurture peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, Go so ahead. Jesus sees this, mm-hmm. he has a gut churn. The next thing he says, he doesn't talk to the crowd. He turns to his disciples yep. instead. Yep. And he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Mm-hmm. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Mm-hmm. On the surface, it's just like, okay, what's he talking about? He's like had a really sentimental moment, and now he's talking about a harvest. Yeah. He's saying, look at how many, how big the crowds are that are troubled, that are harassed, that are helpless here. There is a lot out there. And look at how many people who need to hear what he is offering, that is his voice in their ear, and they have not had that for such a long time. So he's in the synagogue and he's saying this, he's in the, he's putting it in the pulpits in the religious places. They haven't heard it there. 
And so this is part of the problem, is they've gone into their religious lives and their religious authorities, and they still remain harassed, and they still remain helpless. So he is now doing something very distinct and new, and he says, you know, so now we're going to send out laborers, but what are they going to do? Well, they're going to deal with the harassed. They're going to put a word in their ears that is going to give them peace. So he's essentially saying they need preachers. They're, yep. Or <laughs> that, yeah, that they need preachers or they the, they need the preachers who are already there to actually preach. Right. Remember, he was in the synagogues, and guess what? They aren't going back to the synagogues. Why? Because they weren't getting what they needed there. And so this is the same thing, you know, that happens to all of us is, you know, you if you aren't showing up, it's because your need isn't being met. Hmm. And so that's yeah. kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's right. true. Yeah. And, and it's just, a, it's an interesting analogy for, I mean, because if you think about a harvest from a farmer or a gardener mm-hmm. perspective, you, what do you harvest? Things that are complete, that are ready, yeah. that are ripe. Right. We don't harvest our radishes before they're ready. Right. Yeah, the radishes, boo. Okay, you but hate okay. radishes, yes. like <laughs> carrots. <laughs> like, but but he, he's saying the harvest is plentiful, and what is he saying the harvest is? Yeah. All of these people that are harassed and helpless. Yes. All so he's them. saying those people mm-hmm. are ripe, they're ready, they're ready for him, Yep. or the laborers are few. Yep, and so he says, you know, we, we've got we've got an audience here, now let's, let's do something with it. So he says this, and then the next... So we kind of hopscotch around. So yep. then um, we're the next group of verses we go into, this is when Jesus starts to really reach out to his disciples. Mm-hmm. He, well, he turns to his disciples and says, yeah. okay, now they summoned the 12 and gave them authority. Now, this is, a, this is an important <laughs> word. Okay? Yeah. Exousia. Authority is good, but, you know, that's a good way to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We talked about really more of what the word means. It's the power to act. It's the power to make a difference. So they're harassed. They're not at peace. So he says, I'm going to give you the a power, the authority to make an impact on them. Mm. And what is it that he's going to do? Watch and listen to the impact that he's going to do. Over unclean spirits. Now, remember, we've <laughs> talked about unclean spirits in the past, and uh, what's an unclean spirit? A demonic. Mm-hmm. And what's the demonic doing? Torturing their consciences, harassing them with what? Harassing them with their sin or yeah. their. It's tr- essentially the devil. Yeah. Did you, did God really say Did God Are really you good say enough? Did you do this? Yep. You have to make it on your own life and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's the unclean spirit, as well as the things with disease and and sickness that make you wonder, is God for me? And so he gives them the authority to do things that are going to start to counter the harassment. Okay. Yep. And also then demonstrate that they have the power of this God speaking. And the implications of that, you can read between the lines there that it's, okay, if Jesus summons his 12 and gave them authority to solve this uh, these problems the helpless and the harassed have, then that means that they didn't have this authority beforehand. And who did? Yep. Jesus did. Right. That's so now true. he's actually handing over yep. this this title, yep. this authority, this power to actually yep. start solving these things. To, to, to actually yeah. bring in the harvest, right? So he names all of the disciples mm-hmm. and then it actually 
in verse 5, it says what Jesus tells them. Yep. And he says, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans. Before you go past that, yeah. that seems like, that seems very stingy. Because mm-hmm. it, it's like, why? Why mm-hmm. not? Aren't we supposed go to everywhere. go? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're supposed to go everywhere. We're supposed to go where the unwell are, the unclean are. And from what we've learned through you guys, Mm -hmm. the Samaritans, they're kind of the sort of the low of the low. Yeah, they're 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 outcasts. Yeah, Yeah. right. So why is he saying don't go among these people? Well, so this is an interesting thing is the first ones that need to be dealt with are the ones that have been going to the synagogues and they're harassed. So they're following the crowds coming out of, so you need to deal with actually the harass that we've been dealing with, which are those who are under the um, burden of the law in their conscience, under the sense of, I am sinner because I can't accomplish it, or I am what I do. But isn't everyone that way? You just said that a few minutes ago. Yeah, everyone is that way. But what what Jesus is saying is, you're going to narrow your scope here. We're going to go to the lost sheep of Israel. And he's just doing this right now. Because the rest of it, they're going to be sent out into the rest of the world later. But he's just right now limiting it to this group. It's just very, like, it's very, why couldn't he just, like, say that? That's one of the things about Jesus. I just get so frustrated. It's like, what like it's hard to believe that that's what he means when you guys say that because that's not well but, the, not but this is hear. but this is why because look at the verse six but rather go to the lost sheep of the houses of Israel who's that saying go into in our context today the churches that the people aren't hearing and aren't getting freedom because the people are thinking oh, I'm going to church, therefore my righteousness mm-hmm. is in what I do because I'm going to church or I'm going to follow a specific way of social social action or something like that. And he's saying the religious people are actually being harassed <laughs> because they're not hearing freedom. They're hearing the law. to-do lists. To-do lists. How to make yourself better. How to be righteous according to the law. Mm-hmm. You're so good, Mason. And, and but, but, but so, so he's like, we need to first deal with the religious people. Yeah, you know, and 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 so, which is again part of. You want to know in my in, um, estimation of why church attendance is dropping, it's because we've made agendas for church mm-hmm. as opposed to the gospel of the church, and so yep. why do people leave a, a congregation because their agenda wasn't being met, their needs in the law weren't being met, even if they didn't realize that that's what the, the, you know it the, was. Well, that's why church shopping goes wrong. Why do you church shop? Well, why do you pick the grocery store you pick? Because that's what I like for what I want and what I need. And so that's why people church shop, as opposed to if everybody was actually delivering the gospel, there wouldn't be shopping. They'd be like, how are we going to have enough room for these people yeah, in the church? Get me back in here. I need to hear this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's part of what we've got going on here. The, the, the gospel isn't being lost. It's just not being preached. So he sends that's them back. That's what he says. That's he, the main goal. He sends them back into yeah. the place where the religious people are, and they're because they're the ones that are being harassed by this. As you go, proclaim the good news. Yes. And so, yeah, exactly. That's what he says next. As you go, preach the gospel. And so that's how you start to undo the harassing that these religious people have been under the burden of for how many mm-hmm. years? The lost sheep of Israel. That's what he says. Israel is lost because they have been without a preacher, 
a shepherd who's been delivering the good news for so long. So let's send that in first. But that's where he says the kingdom of heaven has come near. Yep, that's the, the shepherd gospel. has arrived. Exactly. Yeah. Get ready, y'all. Yep. The shepherd <laughs> is in the building. <laughs> right? This is a pretty cool string of, of verses. It's I don't kind of remember it being unpacked like this no. before. Like, that's pretty straightforward. I mean, and Jesus is being clear. I'm the shepherd. I'm yeah. coming for you, my lost sheep. And it's because he has what? Compassion. That is to say, his gut hurts for these people. It literally is coming out of his heart that he's doing this. He's sending these people in to free them from this. And so then we go on to verse eight, kingdom of heaven has come near. There's the gospel, mm-hmm. cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. This is a list of how Jesus combats sin, death, and the devil through the preaching of good news. So when he preaches the good news, this is what's going to happen, is these, this harassing is going to be um, literally exercised from them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an exorcism that's going to happen here. And all of these things that have been harassing them are going to be eliminated. And then he finishes it off with, you received without payment, give without payment. So that's his way of saying, go do this and pay it forward. You know how that whole pay it forward mm-hmm. thing is? Don't be thinking this is a tit for tat. Just go because you've already been freed. So You received the gospel. Now share it with your neighbors because you're free to do so now. You're, it's a freeze tag game. You're free. Now Which is what unfree. we talk about. Exactly. Too. You're yep. not bound by anything. So you have that freedom to go do that without worrying about the repercussions. You're at peace. Now go spread that peace through the preaching of the kingdom of heaven as come near. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us how Jesus is using the law to teach and cure. But it's the gospel that provides freedom. Jesus had compassion for the crowd because they were harassed and helpless. They were not hearing the good news in their churches. What did Jesus do about it? He gave his authority to his disciples. The authority to forgive sins and proclaim the good news. We're called to use that same authority today. Doing so will fill our churches and grant freedom far and wide. In Luther House of Studies podcast, Sing to the Lord, Zachary Brockhoff, Lars Olson, and I break down a hymn's history, lyrical meaning, and the way it preaches the gospel. Click on this episode's show notes for a link to Sing to the Lord's podcast feed to take a deep dive into your favorite hymns and discover a few gems you may not have heard of. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, Jesus has given you his authority. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.